Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One day, some of the kids from the neighborhood carried my mother's groceries all the way home. You know why? It was out of respect. This is Dirt and Spray. The most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work, family, never forgetting where we came from. See, you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. A month from now, this Hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want. Too late, man. I'm shooting in a week. I'm gonna make him an awful game with you. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Me, I always tell it to you, even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're gonna see a bad guy like this again. The fan. I'm a sailor. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague with you here on Portland Sports Leader. 1080 The Fan. Uh, Ryan Abraham of USC Football will join us at 730. We'll get his thoughts on the Trojans playing for a playoff spot and potentially winning the Pac-12 in Lincoln Riley's first year. He'll join us coming up. Uh, But I want to start the second hour. Keith in a garbage truck asked a great question. Is Stanford now the least desirable job in all of the Pac-12 I don't know why anyone would want to coach there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you can make a strong argument. It is. It's tough. Uh, you just you got to find the right person. But I mean, that in itself is is the challenge. Um, speaking of the Pac-12, though, they got good news yesterday, as did the whole world of college football, because the last remaining obstacle for the expanded playoff to 12 teams in 2024 uh, was cleared. The Rose Bowl agreed to the terms for the college football playoff uh, to expand. And it's uh, the final two seasons of the current contract, so that's 24 and 25. Remember, they got to redo that contract, and that's the interesting one is what happens after 25, do conferences, yes. what what happens there? I hope the partnership stays and we have this playoff. But the, the last hurdle for them to get there was going to be the Rose Bowl, an estimated $450 million was on the line between the Rose Bowl deciding or not deciding whether they wanted to be a part of this, and they have agreed to it. And now it's going to expand to 12 teams, and uh, they'll get their money. So the Rose Bowl getting out of the way, <laughs> saying, you know what? It, it, I guess it isn't all about us. It's about a lot of things and people, and here we go. The 12-team playoff is here. Uh, this this is a really big deal for college football, and it is. 
I love the Rose Bowl. Some of my best memories as a sports fan have come from going to the Rose Bowl, and there are games in heartbreak of loss and joy of victory that I, I will never forget, moments I will never forget as a fan. And for anybody who's never had the chance to go to a Rose Bowl, I cannot recommend it enough. It is one of the coolest settings in all of sports. That being said, it is hilarious that one game was holding up an entire sport from moving forward. They, they were the anchor to college football, and we finally lifted that anchor. And when you read through how we got here, the college football playoff committee essentially got to the point where they said, we don't care anymore. We will leave you behind. You, you will become a, uh, you know, an antique roadshow of college football. Hey, remember when the Rose Bowl used to be a thing? That was their threat. They, the, the Rose Bowl made demands. We want this time window. We want this exclusive day. We always want our games to include this team and, you know, a team from this conference and a team from that conference. When the committee said no, they said, okay, well, we want these demands. We always want to be every two or the th- uh, three years, we want to be a semifinal site for the playoff. They said, no, we can't do that. We have six sites. Every time the Rose Bowl tried to make an argument, the committee said, no, we just we simply can't do that. You are not the most important bowl game. It's a really big deal to people on the West Coast. It's a really big te- uh, deal to people in the Big Ten. But outside of that, the Orange Bowl is a big deal. Fiesta Bowl is a big deal. Sugar Bowl is a big deal. You got a lot of folks. Cotton Bowl, you got to keep happy here. It doesn't come down to just one game. And I'm glad that the Rose Bowl finally moved out of the way and is allowing progress to take place. I think these kind of moments are tough for fans because you lean into the nostalgia of what the Rose Bowl used to mean for the sport. And, hell, prior to 1998, this was the pinnacle of your season if you were a Pac-12 team or a Big Ten team. Like, this was literally the best you could do. You win your conference, you go to the Rose Bowl. That was the pinnacle. That has slowly changed, and change is okay. And I'm glad the Rose Bowl has finally realized that. They still want to be a part of this. Now get the hell out of the way, and let's move this thing forward. Yeah, but they made, they made this decision for financial reasons and nothing else. For finan- the, the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Well, they made the decision because the committee said, we will boot you out. Yeah, they but, said by the time we renegotiate, you will no longer be a semifinal. That's my point, site. though. They only made this because of the money part. It wasn't about like, oh yeah, we really believe it. It was like, oh, oh sure, they didn't want to get left behind. The committee gave them the ultimatum: hey, get on board by Wednesday or get the hell out of our way. Yeah, and they said, okay, we'll and do they it. Said we're in. Why didn't we do this a year ago? I don't know why the committee has been going oh. back and forth with the Rose Bowl. You I... were never going to be able to meet their demands because of what you just brought up. We don't know what the television contract's going to look like in two years. Yeah. So this is the expanded field they agreed to, which was supposed to start when the new TV deal kicked in. Mm-hmm. And this is all about, can we start it sooner than that? And that's what they finally agreed to. But we don't know what the TV deal is going to look like, so we can't tell you or guarantee you what your time slot and what your day is going to be when we don't know who the television providers are going to be. Yeah, it's it's a pretty, it, you know, it's an ever-changing landscape in college football where they're going to expand to 12, and you mentioned it early, er, er, uh, earlier. The conference champion is going to get an automatic bid into this playoff. It's a big deal, man. Look, 12 teams, too. We, we know how things are kind of skewed and viewed through the prism of SEC football and Big Ten football. It's also a good shot. You get two teams in at a decent rate. I also find this funny now that expanded playoff is coming. Uh, you know, as long as Lincoln's at USC, I'm just a big Lincoln fan. USC will have a shot, a great shot to be in this. But if he bolts, if an NFL team comes calling with a big bag, He's like, you know what? I do want to go to the NFL. I can be different. I know offense. It's I, USC and UCLA, man, could find themselves in a really bad spot. Whereas, like, if you just stayed in this conference, 
you're giving yourself what feels like a better shot. This is what I've been arguing for months, and I've gone back and forth with Duck fans. I remember the day it was announced that the expanded playoff was agreed to, you found out the format that, again, a reminder, the six highest conference champions, automatic bid. Yep. Six highest ranked conference champions. You have five power five conferences. And I've been debating Oregon fan for three months. Would you rather be in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten? Now, the Big Ten, there's more money involved. You're going to get a bigger payout every single year. The Pac-12, you're eliminating the biggest threat of the conference. Now, again, we don't know what USC is going to be in years to come, to your point, because Lincoln Riley could bolt and they could go back to be in the USC the last 15 years. If Lincoln Riley sticks around long term, you're losing the biggest threat. Like, if you're Washington, Oregon, and Utah right now, this is huge news for you. Uh, because USC is going to be gone. Chip Kelly finally got UCLA relevant. They're going to be gone. This is also huge news for teams like Oregon State and Washington State. Huge, yeah. Oregon State is a win away mm-hmm. from potentially having their shot at a conference championship. And if you're in that game and you win it, you're in the damn college football playoff. Yeah. Like there is a path for you, a conceivable path for you to get there. And that's what we've wanted and we've argued for the last couple of years in college football. The sport is going this direction and it's okay to embrace it and say this is what the sport is about now. Well, I can tell you right now, and I'm sure you've probably either heard or you know that the sentiments are similar in UG. Look, Oregon has had more success on a bigger stage um, in this way. But I can tell you right now firsthand, when Trent Bray agreed to that extension, hold the laughter and the chuckling. I, I don't know what their future is going to hold. I think it's a good one with Jonathan Smith. But I can tell you. They think this expansion's a real opportunity for them to be in that Hell conversation. Yeah it is. They don't they don't view themselves. They know that their limitations are there. They exist. They're they don't their NIL bankroll's not as big, et cetera. They really believe in what they're doing and the culture they're setting. This is a clear and cut we want this program in the playoff. We think we can get this program there. And as you mentioned, had you just won the Washington game or gotten a stop on fourth and seven against the Trojans. In an expanded world, you're probably in it. Well, guess what, too? In an expanded playoff world, USC's not on your schedule anymore. Uh, that's true. Yeah, because they're in the Big One Ten. One of your now. losses is no right. longer a game that's on your schedule. I think, that, I think that's the interesting part of the conference, right? Like, I saw Jeff Schwartz say kind of what you just said. Or, this is big news for Oregon, Washington, and Utah. And I get it. I do. They'll win the majority of the conferences, but not every year. But it opens it up for the worlds of Oregon State's. Whoever, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, you know, whoever can get propped up in the right year, it opens it up for all of them. And now it's not so impossible to say, well, this team's got all the returning guys or this team is so well coached that they can get this program and catch this program and they only lose two games or less and there you go. You're in it. And so, like, I know this UCLA buyer's remorse narrative has been pushed out there. I I, don't, I think part of them has it, but I think overall they're making money and they're not losing athletic programs, so they're fine with the move. Yeah, they were bankrupt. That's why they're going. But I think to your point, man, like this is this is huge for the conference. If they can get the SEC and the Big Ten to agree to the next deal and not bolt and make their own playoff and say, screw you guys, we're the biggest brands here, I, I think the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever the hell it's going to sit at, I think it's a huge opportunity for this conference. Well, I think the SEC and the Big Ten will sign off on it because they're always going to get more teams in. They're just they're bigger conferences. They're better teams, right? Like in the future Big Ten, you're going to have Michigan, Ohio State, and USC. You're like, going to get multiple teams in. Like riddle me this, Batman. Seriously, tell me why is Penn State ranked higher than Washington? <laughs> what has Penn State done all year to say they're better than Washington? Uh, Who, what's their best win? 
What's Penn State's best win? Let me look at their schedule because I know they played two ranked teams and they got yeah. killed by both of them. Yeah, and the Big Ten largely sucks after those. There's no other teams that are ranked in the conference. I mean, that's legitimately they have three teams There's ranked. There's three. That's them three, and they lost to the two ranked ones. So, All right, hold on. Let me take a gander here. They beat Purdue in their opener. They beat Auburn on the road. Auburn sucks. Auburn's not good. Purdue's in the Big Ten title game. But... Ohio and Central Michigan were their other non-conference oh, wins. Those aren't good. Uh, Michigan State, Northwestern sucks. Dude, they didn't beat anybody. No, they and, didn't. And, and look, say what you want. Purdue about... is honestly probably their best win yeah. of the year. And Washington, Four loss, Purdue. Washington did lose to ASU. You can't change that, but Washington's got a better resume. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that's I the think point the of what funny, you're saying. The, the part to watch is this expansion gets done, new TV ge- deals get done. Is there some sort of change to the construction and makeup of the selection committee? That'll be the interesting part. So will they go more to the way now that like the basketball selection committee is? Will you see some sort of net ranking uh, formula come up that'll be published and available to the public every week so they can see how the metrics, the actual math that goes into like the Ken Palm version. Exactly. Exactly. Bill Bill Conley should be on that committee. He should. He should be the guy that decides it. I've, here, here's what I'll say. As as uh, and this hold me to this in two years when we get to an expanded playoff, I'm I'm not gonna pull my hair out as much over the rankings because oh, I won't either. We know what it's gonna be like to the point that we're just bringing up. They're gonna give a leniency to Big Ten and SEC teams, and maybe they're even guaranteeing it behind the doors. Like, hey, please don't go do your own thing. We'll get two or three of your teams in the playoff every year. Ugh. And uh, but as a Pac-12 fan. It's going to suck, and there's going to be years where you would argue, like, hey, Washington's not in the conference title game this year. Why are they not ranked higher? Why is you know why are these teams ranked higher than Washington? It doesn't make sense. But the reality remains at the end of the day, you know, when your conference and you're in. Like, you're in control, ultimately, of your own destiny, and that's a really big deal to have in college football. I will. I just agreed with you as you said that. we got to go, but <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm going to reverse that. I'm not going to make that vow. I will argue about the rankings when we get to the expanded world if we're still doing this job because I know my team's probably going to be in that secondary ranking that determines who gets into the second slot for a conference on most years if we have a great year. So I will not. I won't do it as much for, like, most of the year. It'll just be kind of at the tail end. (laughs) If Oregon State's having this kind of year again and they lose one less game, yeah, then I'm going to have a real effing problem if Penn State's resume <laughs> is better in their eyes than what Oregon State did brands or Washington. Brands matter, man. That's what they, that's yeah. their view. Brands matter. Ah, yeah, the brand of Penn State. Do we want to get into what that brand has been? <laughs> they have no issues. Right? None at all. No. Nothing to see here. Nothing's ever happened there. Uh, I want to stick in college football. We'll get to Ryan Abraham at 730. Uh, but coming up next, where the Beavers are headed because it's been a very confusing ride. That's next. Certain Sprague on the Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ryan Abraham at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Dirt told me an interesting thing off the air. He said, did you see what Ohio State said? I said, No. What they say, and he goes, Ohio State has already told the Rose Bowl if they don't get in the playoff, they don't want to go to the Rose Bowl. They want to go to like the Cotton or the Fiesta Bowl. They have called the Rose Bowl officials and told them to take Penn State if Ohio State doesn't go to the uh, playoff. So the funny scenario laying out is here. I tweeted as soon as we were done with that segment. I said, Penn State being ranked ahead of Washington is bull s. Happy Thursday. And Dirt tells me this immediately after I tweet, and now I'm picturing Washington playing Penn State in the Rose Bowl and losing, <laughs> losing the game. <laughs> it's going to be a good old takes exposed tweet. Yeah, because if USC wins, I don't think you would. Uh, Utah would be, what, 9-4 and four at that point? Washington is going to get You're the Rose Bowl. Yeah, they're 10-2. And and yeah. yeah, Washington's 10-2. Yeah. and two. You're taking the Huskies to go to the Rose Bowl. Yes. Um, we'll talk to Ryan Abraham about that Pac-12 title game coming up. Uh, there seems to be mass confusion for people covering Oregon State. So yesterday, Nick Daschle of the Oregonian reports, basically it's all but a done deal with the Sun Bowl. Okay. He That's says, cool. uh, everything's lined up at the Sun Bowl, right? Nice. We made, I made the joke on the show yesterday. Like, Oregon State, every time they have something good, it, there's always a caveat to it, right? They beat Oregon a couple years ago, stadium's empty. They beat Oregon again, half stadium. They go to a bowl game, win nine games, they're going to a border crisis. Like, everything Oregon State that's good and that ends up happening to them. So he tweets this out. People are like, ah, okay, Sun Bowl, Sun Bowl. I was told immediately after he sent that tweet, he jumped the gun. Oh, he should not have sent that. That is not accurate. And what did he do about two hours later? Sun Bowl's out. (laughs) (laughs) Officials at the Holiday and the Alamo and the Vegas are now looking at Oregon State. And so depending, I think, on USC and what they can do on Friday – Oregon State could be going to a much better bowl, just I think on name and city recognition than what people originally thought. Yeah, I, I, if I'm a bowl official, one of the things that I'm looking for in picking what team is going to come to my uh, bowl game is fan enthusiasm and who's going to travel. And in the Pac-12, is there, would there be a more enthusiastic fan base to go to a better site than Oregon State? I think Oregon State would be a very logical choice for that reason. Like, if, if you're Vegas or if you're the Holiday Bowl, if you're the Alamo Bowl, if, if I'm t- picking a team of Oregon or UCLA or Utah, if they are to lose t- tomorrow night, right, these teams in these cat- – Washington is probably in there with you for these bigger bowls. I think their fans are fired up and they're ready to go travel. Um, but they have the head-to-head win, so they're getting a better bowl invite than you. I, to me, that's a really big deal. Oregon State fans are excited. They want to go to a bowl game. They want to travel. And if you get them in Vegas or if you get them in, in San Diego, those are two great destinations for the end of December. If they go to the Alamo, I, I will not go. I, I've been to San Antonio. I've done it. I have did it. It's No, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. If they go to the Vegas for the holiday, I, I really am 
kicking around the idea of of going for yeah the, the holiday bowl now is played at petco park and, and they i didn't know set, that and it they, is yeah, yeah really? uh they set up all then the supporting events right there in the gas lamp gas like gas lamp gas light gas, gas lamp gas lamp. gas lamp district the seattle yeah. is the gas light right seattle has the gas light something like that Sure. Pilot light. Who's on first? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. What just happened? <laughs> uh, so the Vegas Bowl would be the 17th of December. Okay. And the Holiday Bowl is the 28th Yeah, of Wednesday December. the 28th for the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday would work better because I'm off that whole week. That'd be but the Vegas really Bowl good. is on a Saturday. That's a sat- 17th, I believe, is a Saturday Yeah, night. you get it done right before. You still have a week to come home and get ready for for. Your your holiday festivities. Oh, I you know what's funny is I'm going to the Niner Seahawks game the 15th, and I already oh. am off the 16th. So it'd be funny to go to the Niner Seahawks game. Go. Fly out of Seattle. Fly whoa. Fly out of Seattle. Go to Vegas and fly back to Portland. And my dad could watch my kids. There oh you my go. God, I think mm-hmm. we just planned a little there mini trip. Things are percolating. A little mini trip. Things are happening here. I'd rather go to San Diego. I've never been to San Diego. San Diego's awesome. I, I, dude, you don't need to sell me on San Diego. I'm well aware. I just haven't been there. I'm, I'm a be, poor. I'd rather be in Vegas. That's because you're a degenerate <laughs> addict who has to fight every urge to not fall off the wagon. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. I love how many people don't know that about him. And it's a Legion Stadium. I want to see a Legion Stadium. I, I'm with you kind of there. That's a that's a sneaky. And it's a, I think the Vegas Bowl has upped its profile a ton, and it's now a Pac-12 versus yeah, SEC that's game. That's an SEC that's game. That's a bigger deal for me. Who's the Holiday Bowl's Big 12 or Big I 10? I think it's ACC. He's like, yeah. Do you want to go play Pitt? You'd play like Wake. Watch. Wake Forest? I don't want to watch that game. I, I, look, look it's, to me, it's opponent does help. I told Swag this right before the show. You could get Lane Kiffin. I told him that. Or I could get Leach. Leach, Or too. I could get uh, a Stoops brother. Yeah. Like, it's Kentucky, Ole Miss, Mississippi State is kind of what you're looking at. And I told you this yesterday, and I know you're going to say it's not the same thing, and you're not wrong. It's not the same thing. But when you beat an SEC team, <laughs> it don't matter. You beat an SEC team. It just means more. I love it. I'm just going to let you have it. Have your moment. If I'm running Oregon State's Twitter account and they win against an SEC team in the (laughs) Vegas Bowl, that's my first tweet after the game. It just means more. Well, you know the SEC, they have their arguments built in for bowl season. It doesn't matter. Their players opt out. We don't care anymore. We didn't try. You were motivated. We weren't motivated. All right. They already have it built in. Yeah, that's true. I'm just throwing the ammunition at you before you're going to get it. So you'd rather go to Vegas Bowl than the holiday, huh? I would, yeah. Yeah. Especially now that it's at Petco Park. That weirds me out. I don't like football games and baseball stadiums. It is a little odd. Did they tear down Qualcomm? Uh, and, they redid it. San Diego yeah. State totally redid it. Why are they playing the there? Why are we playing at Petco then? Smaller. He said it's smaller. It's now. much smaller. Oh. They well, it's not like you're selling that thing out. <laughs> Don't count Oregon State fan out yet. We might sell Legion Stadium out. <clears throat> Let's go. Beaver Nation. What's that stadium hold? <laughs> 72? More fans than you have. <laughs> Like three Beaver games combined attendance. Yep. I don't think you're going to fill it out, but I appreciate the effort. You'd I'm going to probably let you get, have your moment in the sun. You're I right, think you'd get right. more students to go to Vegas. I think We're it's a little less to the playoff. Ex- little less out at NFL Stadium. What hey. else you got for me today? Hey, if you have two losses, you're in a playoff scenario. Are you not? If you have a 12 team playoff, uh, you technically yeah. Is Washington mean, in the expanded playoff today? Yes, yes. That's my point. If you have one of those seasons, you can do it. It's not possible. We got, not, the, right, we got not, the right coaches. It's not impossible. It ain't a coach problem. Nope. It's a resources problem. That's why it's built and not bought, Andy. I have a competition right? problem. <laughs> well, that'd be dirt if you went to the Vegas Bowl. <laughs> I love that you're not going to care at all about your team's bowl game. At all. Uh, no, not at all. 
If Ty Thompson plays the entire game, I'll enjoy watching Ty Thompson. I thought he was for visiting game. LSU. What happened to that? Uh, no, that's that's uh, literally not happening. Uh, but <laughs> he, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he transfers. Jay Butterfield already transferred, so yeah. I, Ty Thompson's probably going to follow him. Sure. But if you give me Ty Thompson playing entire game, all in. Uh, well, we'll see. I, I think Oregon State's going to get the Vegas Bowl. Personally, I I've been told the Dominoes are leaning the Vegas Bowl, but a holiday would make me really happy as well. Uh, Daily Ticker is next. Ryan Abraham covers USC, how they're feeling about their Pac-12 title game tomorrow, and getting to a playoff potentially in year one with Lincoln. We'll talk to Ryan Abraham next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Thursday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born to the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Let's talk about the big game tomorrow night. Is USC going to the college football playoff? Will the Pac-12 cannibalize itself once again this year? Joining us now is our good friend Ryan Abraham at Inside Troy on Twitter. He's the owner and publisher of uscfootball.com. Ryan, good morning to you, man. I, I'll start here. We, we've talked to you throughout the year for big games and kind of the season prediction and all that. On a scale of one to ten, where is your surprise level? Maybe that USC had an eleven and one regular season, and they're one game away from going to the college football playoff. Yeah, it's probably like high. It's probably like seven or so. Like I felt like this was a nine and three team, but with upside, just because of all the players they added and having Lincoln Riley running the show, and you just kind of knew that this was a program that just needed some good leadership, and they would be able to. Uh, thrive, but I thought there'd be some growing pains early mm-hmm. on. I guess the biggest surprise is just the kind of chemistry that this team had right from the beginning. Like a guy like Travis Dye goes down, and he was as beloved as anybody I've seen around this USC program for years, and he's only been around you know less than a year. So 
Uh, I think that was, you know, somewhat surprising, but you knew that they had the talent to kind of achieve a goal like that. But I just felt it would take a year or two before, you know, Lincoln Riley could kind of put it all together. Yeah, Ryan, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts. Yesterday I saw uh, Pro Football Focus. They do college stuff as well, and they did their, you know, their all-conference first teams. And on offense, USC had a lot of guys. Three of them are offensive linemen. One of the biggest question marks and probably one of the weaknesses for most non-USC fan going in and why people didn't see this coming was, hey, the offensive line isn't that great. What? Why was that? Why were they able to turn that kind of around and flip it on its head and have such a good year up front? That was a very weird narrative from the beginning. Um, for whatever reason, they, they brought in. It was funny when they had Graham Harrell and it was like this, you know, spread air raid kind of offense. But they had Tim Drevno, who was more of a power offensive line coach, and that marriage didn't work. But at the end, they bring in Clay McGuire, who ended up going to Washington State. I think he's done a good job there. And they, the offensive line got a lot better last year. Like, they were horrible. I think it was the 2020 year when they went undefeated at, at the short yardage stuff. And they got a lot better of it in 2021. And I felt like the, the experience they had coming back, I mean, you got three guys that could have left and ended up staying, you know, Justin Dietrich, uh, Andrew Voorhees, and, and Brett Nealon. And all those guys end up returning. They're like fifth or sixth-year guys. Uh, they, there were questions at the tackles and stuff for sure, but they had a good core of experienced players uh, coming back. So I felt like, you know, it just was going to depend on how they worked in this new offensive system. And I think they've thrived in it. You know, Justin Dietrich ended up being a, a team captain. So I think that was a weird narrative from the beginning because they had a lot of experience back. The offensive line actually got better in 2021. So it wasn't a, a dire situation. It, defensive line for sure, but I think the offensive line, uh, it just wasn't as bad as people were saying. And then, Oh, they actually played pretty good. So, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think that's what the main thing was. Yeah, it kind of turned into – people were just saying up front. USC is not very good up front, just lumping in the offensive line uh, with the defensive line. I, 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 we can go, you know, over all these reasons of why USC had the year that they did. I mean, we, we all know the biggest one is they arguably have the best player in college football and the guy who's going to win the Heisman Trophy in Caleb Williams. You've been around this program a long time. I just, how does he stand out? I know he's such a different player from some of the past USC quarterbacks, but just him watching him and the, his Houdini act week in and week out, uh, what has stood out the most getting to cover Caleb Williams this year? Yeah, he's been really impressive. And, you know, the fact that he didn't get to do any interviews last year, uh, which seems like a shame. That's a Lincoln-Riley thing. Freshman couldn't talk. He didn't speak until they played Oregon uh, before the Alamo Bowl. And, you know, his first interview at USC is for Good Morning America. <laughs> he's just this calm, cool, collect. He just seems like he's the CEO of something already and also has got this crazy talent. And uh, it's really been, you know, interesting to cover him, how calm and collected he's been. And then when you see him on the field, just doing whatever, you know, needs to be done. It's, I wouldn't, you know, he's not like a one-trick pony, like he's more of a running quarterback or he's just, he can go back and throw the ball. He kind of, kind of do everything. And I think one of the things that impressed me the most is just when he assesses a situation, it's like problem solving, like an engineer looking at a problem. It's like, okay, how do we have to win this game? Do I have to take off and run? Am I going to stay in the pocket more? Is it, I'm going to feed my, you know, Jordan Addison, or am I going to spread it around? He just seems to do whatever it takes in that moment to kind of win the game. And uh, that's probably what's been the most impressive thing to me, but, but we haven't seen, you know, he's not, you know, Carson Palmer, Matt Liner, mm -hmm. we haven't seen a dynamic athlete at quarterback for USC for a while, maybe like Rodney Pete or something like that. But um, he's really brought something different to the table. And I think his leadership has been maybe the most you know, impressive thing, just being able to come in and get a whole bunch of guys that he didn't really know to follow him right away. And 
it's worked, and uh, you know, obviously they've had a lot of success on the field. Uh, their last game against Utah was an interesting one. They jump out to a big lead, and then Utah comes back. It's a real emotional night. Utah's wearing these specialty helmets to pay tribute to their fallen teammates, and it comes down to the you know last play. It's a hey, can you can you win this football game? And Utah got the conversion, and USC didn't have very much time to try to answer that, and they end up falling. Vegas thinks this is less than a field goal game, which is a little surprising to me. I think USC's playing great. I know Utah won, but it's Colorado. I I, I don't think Colorado Utah is quite that same team. How do you feel about this rematch? Like, what what are you most interested in in the rematch between these two teams tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think you know, under a field goal is two is not enough points. I mean, there was so much that had to go right for Utah to win that game, and you know, USC came out and played well in the beginning. But are you going to get a career night from Dalton Kincaid? I mean, he almost had like half his stats in one game. And Cam Rising, you know, he's been banged up. Cam Rising's been banged up a little bit. They needed every inch that he was getting with his legs in that game, including the two-point conversion at the end. And like you mentioned, the fallen teammates and the helmets and, and being in Rice Eccles, there was just so much. And USC still, you know, should have won the game. Uh, you know, some weird calls and all that kind of stuff on a neutral field. And I was at the game last year in, in Las Vegas and it was not neutral. And there was a lot of Utah fans there. Not, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like this time, but it's just not going to be the same as being in Rice Eccles. So I kind of feel like this is a USC game where, you know, maybe similar to last week against Notre Dame where they're, they, you know, I think Utah's defense played a lot better maybe than they played when they played USC, but offensively, I don't think they're going to be as powerful and just USC is going to be able to score points. You know, they score, 38 or 42 they've just been kind of consistent doing that Mm -hmm. and will utah be able to keep up i just don't think they will to me this feels like more like a seven to ten point game uh for usc it's college football anything can happen but that's kind of my gut feeling going into this one yeah i don't disagree with that at all the football team will tell you you know one one week at a time right we're not going to look ahead but i want to look ahead with you nonetheless i'm sure if they win we'll, we'll have you back on but if they do win this weekend and let's assume chalk holds. How are USC fans feeling about a playoff appearance? In term, I mean, you're obviously excited about going, and it's a big deal to get there in year one. Do they feel like they can be competitive? We, we've seen Georgia up close here in the state of Oregon, and it didn't go very well for us. Uh, you know, does that feel like they can be competitive? You got Caleb Williams; they can go shock the world, or is it just hey, we're happy to be here no matter what the result is in the playoff if they are to win tomorrow night? It's funny, like early on, like USC fans just love the Rose Bowl, and they've just gone to the Rose Bowl so many times that. I think that was the focus. I don't think anyone even believes that, you know, especially after the Utah loss, that USC would be able to get back into the playoff. And my, you know, all along, I was saying that you would want to make the playoff even if you lose like 100 nothing to Georgia. Like <laughs> USC's never made the playoff before. And to do so in Lincoln Riley's first year would be a big boost for recruiting, all that. Just getting there, getting a seat at the table, it'd be good for the Pac 12, it'd be good for USC. I felt like that was the kind of the goal all along. And, you know, now you see it like hey, Caleb Williams would probably give you a punter's, puncher's chance against anybody. I don't think they're – I don't think this is – this is a flawed team. I don't think it's a national championship caliber team. I didn't really think it was a playoff caliber team, but you can do – if you do enough, you can make it there. And there's just not a great option for, like, that number four spot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like if USC ends up losing on, on Friday night. But I feel like there's – the fans are excited just to get, you know, a seat at the table again. You know, the, the fact that – Caleb Williams has a really good shot at winning the Heisman Trophy. That's something a lot of USC fans really take pride in. The last, you know, guy to win it was Reggie Bush. He doesn't have his trophy anymore. <laughs> so getting another winner up there I think would be a big deal. And then making the playoff, I think it's just putting this kind of statement out there like, hey, USC's back. They're going to be competing at this level again 
instead of being, you know, an insignificant part of the college football landscape, which USC has been for a while. So I, I think they're excited about it. I don't think there's a lot of people expecting if they go and end up playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl that they're going to get a win. But just to make it to that in year one, I think would be very satisfying for a lot of yeah, fans. Yeah, no doubt about that. Quickly, uh, Ryan, I, I feel like I know the answer to this. Caleb Williams has another year left, right, of eligibility? He does, yeah. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember if he was a redshirt uh, uh, sophomore or a true sophomore. So there you go. There's your there's your carrot too. Hey, even if you lose a hundred or nothing, you got the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback coming back. That's not a bad place to be in uh, if you're an SC fan. Ryan Abraham at Inside Troy on Twitter. He's the owner and publisher of USCFootball.com. We love having him on to talk USC football as they take on Utah tomorrow night in the Pac-12 championship game. Thanks as always. Enjoy Vegas. And uh, hey, I'm sure if they win, we'll be reaching back out to you. We always appreciate the time. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. There you go. Ryan Abraham of Inside Troy USC Football. I know we'll get into that game tomorrow because it'll be playing, but I I don't even think he's being a honk, man. Ryan is as level-headed a guy that covers oh, a yeah. program as we get. There's not a lot of tarpley in him. I, I kind of agree with his assessment. I, I Look, Utah is a good team, and, and Whittingham, you don't want to count him out. I just feel the way these two teams are playing, I'm more in line with him. I'm surprised this isn't like 7 to The eight. line is very surprising it's, for me. It's weird. It's almost as if there's an injury coming that nobody is aware of, including even a Ryan <laughs> Abraham, because I don't yeah. understand how that's sub a field goal. I mean, we had that in the Civil War last week where that line moved like crazy morning of. It ended up being right, but for a while in that game, you're like, what? What, huh? Is Bonick? I had people texting me left and right. Bonick's not playing? I know. What happened to Bonick? The I'm line like, movement was huge. Like, I know he's, he's playing. He's warming up on the field. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The only, look, Ryan's great. He's not a honk. That's why I love having him on. Um, the only thing I disagree with him is him saying USC making it is good for the Pac 12. Financially, yes. I think that's what he means. Perception wise, no. Well, yeah. But this is what you're losing. Congratulations. The only relevant team in your conference is now gone. But, but you're clearly upset by that because they're leaving, and you know what he's saying. Yes. Yeah. If they were still in the, if they were going to remain in the Pac-12, I'd, I'd have a little bit of a back-to-pack vibe. Like it would be good. It'd be great for the conference to be back on that stage. But also, if, they, if they stayed, you'd have just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. If 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 they make it though, I, the whole conversation is going to be about them going to the Big Ten. I got a couple other college football notes I want to get to, uh, and we'll get to that coming up next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Ken Barkley coming up top of the hour. I always forget. You always forget, man. Old Ken Barkley. He's coming out with a uh, – he's writing now, too. Did you see that? He's writing now? Yeah, he's starting like a substack. Really? Yeah. I uh, I got a funny story about Ken. He's probably not going to go in-depth on air about this, so okay. we don't need to ask him. Oh, I'll ask him. So, <laughs> I Saturday, I'm nervous as all hell, obviously, because Oregon, Oregon State, right? And I saw the line movement. Like, people who didn't even gamble were texting me about line movement. Hey, why is the spread of this game dropped? I'm like, what do you know about spreads? 
Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> and I get wind of this at 12. I DM'd Ken, who doesn't follow me. Probably doesn't even know who I am. And I DM him and I go, Lockie, we missed you this week. Why do you think the line's shifting so hard OSU's way? That was my only, I just, right out of the gate. But did he think he was, you were talking about a different OSU? He goes, it was the cowboy hats. He probably thought you were talking about Oklahoma State. I've been out sawing down a Christmas tree, so honestly, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the honesty, Lockie. I said, sorry. Love hearing that about the tree. <laughs> well, glad you're a real tree guy. That was, yeah, I was actually, because I was, I got my tree the next day. But yeah, that's, uh, that was the old exchange. It was just like, I don't care. He basically was like, I don't care. And then I, th- you know, what's funny is when I got done with the combo, I thought, how many people probably text and DM this guy? I know all the effing time. And I did the thing that he probably hates the most. Hey, man, explain this real quick. I don't care what you're doing in your life. I need information now. Yeah, so I, I have a, I had a real guilt after I did that. And well, okay. You can apologize here in we'll, a minute. We'll apologize. Yeah. Okay, I'll apologize. Uh, so that's coming up in a moment. Two other quick college football notes. I got a couple of Oregon notes I'm going to get to in the final hour as well. Uh, but Everybody's if, bolting. If we have any, yeah, a lot of people are transferring, man. Uh, Will Levis is going to the draft. Not shocking. Does that do anything for you? Hey, he's a good, good prospect. He eats mayonnaise in his coffee. I think we need to, my only Will Levis take is this, as a non-draft quarterback evaluator of talent and not consistently great, my only thing is people are going to say, oh, Kentucky, oh, what'd they do? Oh, what'd he do in this game? He played hurt this year, and it's it's surprising how many good quarterbacks play in the NFL that come from non-traditional schools. So don't yeah. dismiss Will Levis's ability to be a competent, good quarterback in the National Football League because you saw him play really crappy against fill-in-the-blank powerhouse <laughs> in the SEC. That's my only take. I don't know if he'll be good. He seems to have some good attributes. Good luck to him. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody has any clue about quarterbacks. I know, but people see the school and the name and the record, and they watch the game, and they're like, eh, I don't know about that. We don't know. I think Caleb Williams is going to be the best prospect next year. He could not be a great NFL player. I have no clue. Yeah, he's a little small, undersized, but the talent is there. There's no doubt about that. I'm not big on Bryce Young. I don't. I wouldn't draft Bryce Young. Bryce Young could be an absolute stud, but he is small. He is undersized, too. The tough part for Bryce Young is that he's the first Alabama quarterback in a while, it feels like, that's had to play without first-round NFL wide receivers surrounding him. Like, who's Alabama's best? You can name me one Alabama wide receiver this year. I mean, he had didn't he have Jamison Williams? Uh, he is in the Williams NFL also? now. Last year he did, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm talking about this year. Oh, this year. Can yeah. you name any Alabama wide receiver? Because I can't. No. And they, when was the last time you couldn't name an Alabama wide receiver? It's part of the reason that they haven't been as good as their secondary right. play hasn't been as great and their wide receiver play has fallen off. Well, and it's also part of the reason I think sometimes we get wound into drafting Alabama quarterbacks because we don't realize that they're throwing to NFL first-round talent and their NFL first-round offensive linemen and their NFL first-round running backs. And it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a dream team around them. And so that's the one argument I would actually make for Bryce Young is I think he's had a pretty good year this year, and he has not had the supporting cast that Alabama quarterbacks have been used to over the last 10 years. Uh, the other note, too, uh, quickly, we don't have to talk about it, but uh, Nebraska dodged a bullet. Did you see what happened to their interim coach yesterday? Boy. Oh, boy. Mickey Joseph, uh, who took over after they fired Scott Frost, he was arrested yesterday on suspicion of strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. Yeesh. I'm, I'm not making— He's make- no longer with the program. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just simply asking a question. Do you think some of this is like, I didn't get the job, they didn't believe in you? Like Right after they fired Frank Solich, Frank Solich got a DUI. Yeah. 
So. Sometimes that stuff happens. I look. I don't have any details. So. No. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. So I just saw go. that and I was like, ooh, not good. I did see Stanford is sniffing around Greg Roman. That'd be a good hire. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think it. it yeah. I, Greg I, Roman coached there. He did. He knows it. Run that offense. I'd, I'd be all for it. Yeah. All right. We got a lot to get to in the final hour. I do have some Oregon notes. A lot of people have been asking me about Dante Moore. Hey, what's going on with Dante Moore? It's the latest on Dante Moore. Well, I'll tell you what I know, uh, and that is coming up in the final hour. Some other players hitting the transfer portal from Oregon. So we'll dive into that. A couple of NFL notes as we get ahead, uh, look ahead for Thursday Night Football. We'll start, though, with our buddy Ken Barkley. That is next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.